Hello, and welcome to You Want the Tea, We Got the Facts podcast, where we bring research-based information through programs and outreach to help improve the quality of life for individuals and families throughout Northwest Georgia. We are your hosts and family and consumer science agents, Victoria Presnell and Angelica Davis. Here, we'll discuss trending topics centered around nutrition, family, health, and finances to help individuals and families thrive. Hey, Victoria. Hey, Angelica. How are you? Good. How are you been doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here to record our official first episode. Um, I think that it's going to be great. I was excited to hear people give us feedback about our pilot episode. Yeah, had a ton of people listen in and told me that they listened. So I thought that it was um, pretty cool that yeah. uh, people I didn't think would listen actually took time and listened. So I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So right. you have much feedback about the podcast? Yeah, a lot of people um, have called and they've said, hey, we love the podcast. We think you and Victoria are the perfect mesh because the conversation was so good and we're looking forward to the next conversation. So yes, that's awesome. we are here with the next conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what we like to call a retro hobby for the end of times. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I saw that and I thought that's great title yeah, for yeah, this episode. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about um, food preservation. Mm-hmm. and preserving food and you know people are becoming food preservation has been around for decades decades yes. and people and back in the day I feel like it was a necessity you know you right. had, you wanted to eat during winter you better preserve your food that you got from your garden but nowadays it's coming back but it's coming in different forms of why people are wanting to do it but right. I think during um you know we really saw it hit up during COVID of wanting to eat more from what they grow and they want to know what's going into their bodies and they want to be able to have that control over what they're growing, what they're making, and then what they're eating. So people are preserving foods nowadays. And I think there's a lot to talk about food preservation wise um, for our listeners. If you're interested in starting to preserve food or maybe you're preserving food and you just want to hear the tea about preserving food, um, we're glad you're here. So I think, Angelica, you want to start off about, you know, why why people preserve food in the first place? Yeah, so there are several different reasons, but the main reason I think people are wanting to preserve or why you should preserve your food is because um, food will spoil, plain and simple, uh, especially if it's fresh produce. Um, the minute it has been picked or harvested, it's a ticking time bomb and it can start to spoil and go ve- and go bad very quickly. So we want to kind to we want to kind of pause some of those microorganisms from growing so fast. Um, and when we say microorganisms, sometimes these microorganisms can, you know, falter or mess with the integrity of the food, whether it's like how it looks or um, the texture of the food item or even start to deteriorate some with the vitamins and nutrients. So we want to kind of put a pause on that and doing that is preserving food. So um, a lot of people do it for different reasons. Um, but I think some of the main reasons what we'll talk about in a little bit, um, everyone has different reason, but it comes down to, you know, making sure that we keep the food at its freshest and peakest point as long as possible. Right, right. And so, like I said, I think back in the day, it was a necessity for mm-hmm. you to be able to have food in the wintertime. 
you better preserve some of your food. And the majority right. of that was through canning. Um, but nowadays, you know, people are wanting to know where their food comes from. So I always think now that we have social media, social media, you know, it was cool. We were in this era of like, we just buy it from the store. That's like the cool thing to do, go to the grocery store. And now I feel like we're coming slowly back to this era of like, it's cool to make your own sourdough starter. It's cool right. to preserve your own food and grow your own garden. Mm -hmm. And whether that was COVID or whether, you know, people are becoming more health conscious, I'm not quite sure, but that's a good thing for our job because we are the old school home economics girls. So yeah. <laughs> I think that starts making our job more busy and uh, fun. So mm -hmm. I know in my office, during this time, my canning has really amped up when people wanting, you know, calling about canning and all these right. newer things. But, and so some people just do it as a hobby. Um, you know, my grandparents, they, they do it and they say it's relaxing. I don't know if I would be the one to really say canning is relaxing. Right. Um, I'd say it more, you know, time consuming, but it's time consuming um, and it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> yes. And, um, so some people do it as a hobby, as something to keep their mind busy. Some people make extra money, you know, yeah. whether they're making jams mm -hmm. and jellies and selling them at a fall festival or have yeah. their own little storefront. Farmer's markets. Um, yes, farmer's markets. Mm -hmm. You know, and then people, you know, you have this sense of accomplishment when you make it, um, right. whether you're making pepper jelly or whether you're making pickled products or fermenting something and you give that to somebody or you sell it there is a sense of accomplishment you have made that from scratch and right. i think that's pretty cool you do have people that are wanting to do it in case of emergencies so the when it all is coming <laughs> yeah when everything hits the fan you know like yeah do you have things to eat are you able to you know, be self-sufficient in your family. And so yeah. there's all kinds of crazy things, You whether you're gifting it, selling it, or you're just wanting to save money or, and you know, whatever it is, people are now preserving food again. And I right. think that is, that is neat that we are back in this era, but also think there's a lot to cover about, you know, the facts behind it and how to make sure you're doing it correctly. Right. And then, Obviously, before we tell you about the facts, we want to talk a little bit about the tea and what's yes. going on um, yeah. with food preservation nowadays. But yeah. I think before it would be cool, you know, to kind of share with our listeners like ways that you can preserve food just because a lot of people think of just canning. Yeah. And so you want to kind of talk different, about this. Yeah. So there's different ways to preserve food. We emphasize canning a lot just because I think we get more phone calls and concerns about canned products. Um home food preservation canning so that's one canning we've been saying that another one is freezing so a lot of people forget about that but you can freeze um, different items um, in the um, freezer or if you have a deep freezer or a chest freezer these are different ways you can preserve your foods um, then we have uh, drying is another method so a lot of people will you know dry meats they'll have turkey jerky or they'll make you know beef jerky even some people will make their own zucchini and apple chips which are which we we see that a lot during this time of year and some banana um, chips those and some banana delicious. chips those are so good um and pickling which is like my favorite because like i said it's kind of quick and i mean you can pickle just about anything victoria you love the pickled green beans yes i you know i really turned my nose up to those for the longest time until last year and you try them. them. And I tried them. I was like, okay, <laughs> never mind. These are delicious. Right. And my thing is pickled okra. I got into that a couple of years ago. Um, 
and it was at first I didn't like the pickle okra, but then once you add a little spice to it, game it's over. Game, <laughs> game over. <laughs> and I'm a huge pickled okra, especially when I was pregnant. I craved pickled okra, and pickled okra I don't so not know what it was. I would eat like a whole jar at a time, but um, pickled okra is delicious. It is. You should try it if you have not tried it. Okay. Um, and then <laughs> fermenting is another um, method. So fermenting takes a couple of days for something to ferment, um, but that is another preserv preservative method. And then lastly is smoking or curing meats. Um, and different items so you can do that and that preserves the life of food so we have seen people do that um, some of these things come with all different types of equipment mm -hmm. um, materials that you will need so um, and we'll talk about it in a little bit later but you know sometimes some methods are not you know it's costly or are not saving you money so it depends right. on your accessibility but it also depends on um, your financial situation right so you really have to reevaluate the different methods that you want to try when it comes to preserving food right and you got to think about you know like if you're buying strawberries in season to save money it probably isn't your best bet to go and make strawberry jam or you know what i'm saying like yeah that's yeah. more you would probably want to do more of freezing those just throwing them in the freezer and to have those so right there is different ones um but we're seeing these things come more popular, you know, with me having a seven-month-old. I was telling you about people making their own baby food now. Yeah. People are wanting to know what goes, you know, into their bodies, but much, much more of their babies their and, like, what they're bodies. feeding. Yeah, mm -hmm. what they're feeding their babies. And so um, I'm seeing that a lot in all my Facebook mom groups that I'm in, which are super interesting and fun. <laughs> <I've been>. um, <laughs> so we're seeing this, I think, around everywhere you know it doesn't matter right. where you are we're seeing people wanting to go back what i say quote unquote to their roots of yes. where's my food coming from i'm growing it myself and i'm able to do that but like and you we said didn't it's not mention, um we didn't mention like food allergies and food sensitivities right but a lot of people are going back to the basics because you know a lot of food now is processed mm -hmm. or they've been sprayed with different preservatives and a lot of people just can't tolerate it yep. so they're a little bit more sensitive or have an allergy to different things so they are wanting to go back and just start producing their own food again right yeah and th and that's important i think to to think about too is allergies or just food intolerance as well i know having a baby that has a milk protein allergy we have to be very mindful what goes in her body yeah. so regardless of what people are wanting to do but i think it's important to know that food preservation is not always the cheapest route right um you know canning like you said everything takes equipment yes and we we're going to talk a little bit about in the tea freeze drying yeah. becoming such an era but i was looking at that equipment and that equipment is expensive and so you know is freeze drying really saving you money or are you spending you know so you have to think about these things before you just think that you're going to jump in and start preserving foods you know it sometimes right. can be more costly so it's all about what you're wanting to do and why you're wanting to do it but i think the reason that everyone is here for our episode is the tea on food preservation yes. um which you know people are like there's tea on food preservation but there is because mainly tea. <laughs> yeah and i think it's mainly social media that has really where this all evolves from but mm -hmm. people are now selling their products on you see it on facebook but 
Mm-hmm. A lot of times you're seeing it on TikTok. And, you know, it comes up on your newsfeed with your algorithm. Um, yeah. And then you're seeing all these people can stuff and then they're selling it. So there was a pickle lady that I did some research on. <laughs> it was on the NBC News. And this lady she ended up getting sued for making people sick mm-hmm. um, on TikTok. And so she started out making all these pickle products. She would make them and she would show it on TikTok and then people started buying them. Yeah. Well, come to find out this guy that had millions of followers, he sponsored her or like not sponsored her, but like gave her a shout out. Shout like, out. hey, I got these yeah. pickles from so-and-so, uh, you know, try them out. Well, since he had so many followers, they were just like, oh, well, if he eats it, it's just like how a commercial works, you know. You right. If, if it's good enough for him yeah. to eat it, then right. I need to order some too. Right? Yes. So that's how it works. <laughs> it does. And so she um, ended up doing something different. Her jars mm-hmm. didn't seal. Mm-hmm. She was preserving a little bit different than what you should be doing. And come to find out she got people sick and yes. people automatically, they become your best friend and then you get them sick. They are your worst enemy. Yes. And so <laughs> she ended up being in a lawsuit for making these yes. pickles on TikTok. And mm-hmm. now she is having a very stressful time in She's, life. Um, having to reevaluate her entire situation that she yeah. had. Right. Um, that's including her platform, you know, clearing her name. But also mm-hmm. if she's wanting to remain the pickle lady, then she has to go back to the drawing board and figure out exactly how to preserve these pickles safely to people so you won't continue to get them sick so this is the you know evil turn of starting to put things out on social media Mm -hmm. because we all have cell phones and i tell people also when we do the serve safe classes they're in the restaurant business people are constantly watching you Mm -hmm. now this can be a good thing but it can quickly turn bad as well as it did good so you have to constantly you know make sure that you are practicing you know one good personal hygiene because people are constantly watching to see if you're washing your hands yes but then two they are watching to see if you are preserving food safely um now a lot of people might not know about you know preserving food safely but we watching and we know (laughs) right this is our profession yeah um (laughs) i will tell you um i was watching a lot of her videos and i was i was not you know comfortable watching right. them because there was just some food safety concerns it's food safety concerns but i mean just because you put something that's hot inside a jar and it might seal it might not seal that does not mean that the food is safe so right. you have to be careful and especially when you start serving the public you know when you get into that and people start getting sick that will ruin your reputation so quickly it so will you have and to be careful Yes, and there was a lady, and she's the executive director of the Partnership for Food Safety Education. Mm-hmm. She kind of commented on the NBC News article that came out about the food preservation, and she just said, quote, um, people are just so willing to order food without really understanding what's being done to make that food. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Whether you're listening to this episode as a consumer, like you're buy- the one buying it, or you're the one that's interested in starting to make it. Right. You've got to be so careful at knowing where your food is coming from. If you're ordering these things on TikTok or Facebook or anything like that, Um, you know, are they certified? Do they have some type of regulation or, you know, do they have their certification in food safety? You know, so you there's things that you want to really 
ask and get answered. Um, but then it all stems down to botulism, you know, and that can be super dangerous. It's life-threatening. It can be. And, um, you know, I think that's a lot of the reason why we talk so much about food safety, but p- getting people sick, um, because there is so much excitement around homemade products. You know, you see, talking about the freeze-dried, people are now coming out with a freeze-dried candy. Yeah. And it sells, like, in a matter of minutes, people are selling out, but... I think sometimes we get so quick into making this and making the money that we can forget about the food safety side of things. So like you said, we think about this every day because it's our profession. Yes. (laughs) But a lot of people are not thinking about that. They're laying in bed and they're like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. that pickle, those look delicious. And then they, you know, purchase them and we just want you to eat. I think of it too is just because we see it and we can order it, we can get it fast. That doesn't really mean that it's the safest thing for you. And, you know, this is something that you're consuming, you're putting in your body. Um, And again, like you said, this is our profession, but I'm so concerned because I've had food poisoning before. That is nothing fun. Mm -mm. Um, And let alone if you're consuming it as an adult, think about the children that are consuming these products because children get sick very easily. They're more susceptible to being sick versus an adult so you have to kind of constantly think about these different things um and it's okay to ask these people where's your you know certifications where's your paperwork i need to make sure that this is safe so i think what this pickle lady is doing now is she has actually gone back and looked into um getting her cottage food license which is something that you need if you're going to start selling these produce this these products outside of your house but you're also wanting to make sure and go through the training and make mm-hmm. sure you're doing it safely. So that I think that is something that she has gone back. She's made a TikTok about that since yes. then, I think. To and I think it's very, summer. you know, I think her coming back and apologizing and trying to make it better, you know, by getting the education. Um, and I think that's why people like us are here. Like she was not, she didn't realize all the mm-hmm. stuff that she needed and the food safety wise. And so I think it's important that we educate and that yes. people understand that there are food safety concerns and, you know, we were reading, I was reading one thing on the CDC where there was a man between the age of 55 and 65, and he died mm-hmm. um, one weekend due to the cause of botulism. And they confirmed that um, he had 170 pint-sized jars of home canned food per the CDC. That's what they said. And um, he ended up dying by eat, consuming those canning um that he had canned to preserve the food. Mm-hmm. And so I just think when you hear of people, pat, you know, actually dying from these things, mm-hmm. it kind of brings a new twist on it. Like, hold up, you know, maybe I should be a little concerned about the food safety. It's very scary. It can um, be. And then like the story says, um, Clostridium botulinum, it is tasteless. It is odorless. Um, You can't see it. So it's just one of those things that if you don't feel comfortable that you have done something correctly or you did not follow a recipe that was evidence-based, that was, you know, constantly tried and retried again, I would definitely call somebody, you know, call us, you know, we're just about in every county close by. Um, Give us a call so we can kind of help walk you through some of these things. Um, We also have several recipes that we can help you um, obtain if it's something that you want to get, you know, get into. But I just also think about that was 170 pint jars. One, it was a lot of food, a lot of produce, 
But then it was also a lot of jars that need to be cleaned and sanitized as well because it could potentially have botulism in most of those 170 right. pint jars. So that becomes very serious at that point. Right. And that's what, you know, the CDC was saying is this guy had passed. But to learn from that is like you've got to really put food safety as the forefront when you're making these products. And even things like freeze drying being the new thing. You know, I just had a phone call yesterday of a guy and he's wanting to open up his own business. He's going to freeze dry candy and ice cream and these things is... You still need to be very careful with that, even though it can be forgiving at some points. But with there being so little research on freeze drying, mm-hmm. you just want to be very careful because right. as soon as you sell that product to somebody and they get sick, it is now on your hands. And you just don't ever want that to be, you know, you. So regardless and I, of, and we don't want to scare you. I think we should right, say that. Right. You know, I was, I was that about to say, we don't want to scare anybody. Buy yeah. anything off social media or sell anything on social media. But there is a correct way. And it's not hard. Right. It's just being educated and knowing where your stuff is coming from. If you're selling or buying it. And then if you are going to sell, just get those certifications. You know, right. get in contact with your local fax agent, whether that's me and Carol or Angelica and Barto or whatever county you're in, you know, get in contact with them, sit down with them, have a meeting. Like what, what do I need to do to make sure I'm doing this correctly and that I'm not getting people sick? So, and I just want to put this out there as well, just because you're consuming something in your household and this is something that you always made and you didn't get sick by it does not mean the next person will not get sick by it. Because we all have different thresholds. We all have different um, susceptibilities to different foodborne illnesses. Um, And what we've also learned is just because you were exposed to it one time does not mean that you will get sick. It can take anywhere from 30 minutes to six weeks for someone to have a reaction to a foodborne illness. So um, you just have to be very selective on what you are consuming, but also how you are producing something. Um, So especially if you want to give these away as gifts to people or if you're wanting to help another family out, still be very mindful on how you are producing these different foods because just because you didn't get sick, somebody else can. Right. So um, between the social media influencing and, you know, all the news and you can look up these stories all the time and and just because somebody is doing doing it on TikTok. They are the way they are preserving does not make it okay or correct. So let me tell you, TikTok is a one to two minute video. They ain't showing you all the on how they are producing these items. So don't take, you know, things lightly just because someone has recorded it, because that means they've done a lot of editing, which means they have edited out certain and particular critical things in each step. So just go by an evidence-based recipe if you're going to try something. Yes. And I think we're going to talk about the straight facts in just a minute, but yeah, I can't help but just laugh because I have, kid you not, people that I work with in the office, they'll send me like a TikTok. <laughs> Can I do this at home? Is this safe? And it's like oh the most God. unsafe thing. And I'm like, oh my God. have I not taught you anything? Yeah. <laughs> we should try this. You need yeah, to try we should try this. this. You know, this looks fun mm-hmm. or this is... Oh, thank you. you know. So it's always funny to watch and see what 
people send I'm me. always when somebody send me something like that I'm like uh-uh get somebody else to do it because <laughs> not me <laughs> right I, I have a weak stomach I will get sick very quickly so yeah I, I do not want to experience at this no. point I'm sorry no thank no. you <laughs> so I think it's important now we talk about the facts and if you are wanting to either start selling or gifting or maybe you're the one consuming regardless um mm -hmm. there are things that you need to know and Part of our job, um, both me and Angelica, part of our specialty is food safety and making sure that people are selling in the safest way possible, cooking in the safest way possible. And then also our consumers are very educated on what is safe and what is not safe. And so um, we do anything in our offices from Serve Safe. So it is a national restaurant certification that um, you're they're required to get in the state of Georgia. So we do teach that. We are instructors of Serve Safe. So we teach and work alongside a lot of restaurants in our local uh, counties and make sure that they are certified, they're educated, and they're getting those good good education so that they do right. get 100 on their health inspection when their health inspector comes by their restaurant. So we do it from on the commercial side of things, but we also help um, our local, just our homeowners that are wanting to start up a business or they're just wanting to preserve things in their own garden. Um, so right. we do have those. I know Angelica and I both are having canning workshops this summer that people are super interested in. You know, we're going to do things from peach jam to pickled products to just a way that people can come into our office and can be monitored by us, but also see us actually preserve food in person so that when they're doing it at home, they feel comfortable because they've done it with a expert. Right. And that's us. what I like about the classes is mainly because you can come in, sit down and actually experience it for yourself. We're not doing it for mm -hmm. you. You are actually doing the work, um, but it's giving you that hands on experience so you can go home and make strawberry jam or mm -hmm. peach jam, pepper jelly, all of the different things that we're doing for um, the sessions. And so you feel a little bit more comfortable with, you know, the equipment, um, boiling water. If you're not used to the boiling water, <laughs> how to handle, I know how to handle the hot jars, how to properly take them out after they're processed and how to properly let them cool. So there's different steps and techniques that you have to follow. Um, but once you do it a couple of times, I will say the water bath canning can be a little bit more easier. Mm -hmm. um, and I was a little bit, you know, skeptical at first with doing it and trusting myself. But after you do it so many times, it come, it, it's like riding a bike, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, another thing that University of Georgia Cooperative Extension offers, and we are the homeowners of it is the yes. National Center for Home Food Preservation. Right. So and I, I was gonna say I could not recommend that website enough exactly. regardless of what you're doing. If um, there was ever a website that was on speed dial, yeah. Heart, <laughs> this I would do right. that. Yes. Yeah. And we will post it as a link when we upload this episode, but on our Facebook and Instagram. But it's called the National Center for Home Food Preservation, and it should be the first website that pops up when you Google it. Right. But it is going to have everything that you need to know about preserving foods. Um, right. It has I mean, all the criterias. It has all of the criterias on there when it comes to home food preservation. There's a canning section. There's a freezing section. There's a drying section. Um, so yes, so for fermenting, so and pickling. So there's different criteria on this website. 
most of the times you can go to it and if you're looking for like a quick pickle recipe you can look up that on that website and it will give you the recipe right. and i like it because it breaks it down whether you have pint jars or if you have those quart jars and how long you will have to process the mm -hmm. different ingredients that you will need um, and then the cool thing about that as well is uga kind of mandates this website so if you were to send an email through this website, you will be in contact with someone who handles more of the complex questions when it comes down to food preservation. So, and that is either someone from the UGA or some of the other land grant universities that kind of, we all mandate the this website, right. um, but we kind of just answer your questions as someone's available to answer the questions through this um, website. Yes, and I think it's important regardless if you come to our classes or you go to the website and you know we do have the quote-unquote food preservation bible book is what people mm -hmm. like to call it um that you yeah. can get a copy of in your local extension office but regardless of the most important thing is the recipes that are there are tested and researched on before they're ever given to us and right. so that's why i think when we say use a recipe don't stray from the recipe you know mm -hmm. Preserve, preserving food is something you don't stray from the recipe because of sickness and food safety. Mm -hmm. And so all of these recipes, they're not going to put a recipe on there unless it has been tested in a lab right. and made sure that it is safe for the consumer before it's put in there. So that's why everybody, you know, we recommend, but a lot of people do use our website and our books and us in our local offices because you you're more comfortable with that recipe just because you know it's been tested before. Right. Um, you know, I get calls and I know Angelica probably does too all the time of like, I found this recipe on Google. I'm doing it. It didn't. And I'm like, there's, I don't know, you know, like yeah. mm -hmm. only thing I recommend is our recipes that have been evidence-based tested mm -hmm. so that we can make sure that nobody's getting sick and that it's right. the right, even texture quality, those types of things. Like, those yeah, things are being tested, you know. They are. And even how it looks in the jar, right? So it's all about presentation, too. I think that's why a lot of people like canned items because it's in that clear mason jar that you can see through. You can see the different food particles that, you know, they float very nicely. Everything looks in a uniform manner. So it's about presentation as well. So I will say if it comes off of the National Center for Home Food Preservation website, this So Easy to Preserve book. And I will even say, you know, Presto, that is the brand that um, produces the uh, water bath canners and the um, pressure canners. Uh, if they have a lot of recipes on their websites or they'll have the recipes in a little booklet when you purchase the pressure canner, those have been evidence-based as well. I really can't attest to any of the other ones that people just find on Google or these Facebook pages. You know, I can't, we can't attest to those. We can't say, oh yeah, that's a good recipe. We can't really say that because we don't know how much it has been researched. So, but I know Carla, our food service specialist, a food safety specialist, she has probably a whole database of um, ideas and different recipes that people have probably presented to her because people are going back so much to preserving food and canning that we've got to get back in the lab at some point and start um, testing some newer recipes. So right. that I feel like will be coming up soon um, or maybe sooner than later, hopefully. Um, yes. But there's a lot going on in the world of food preservation. There is. And like you said, our specialist, Carla, she's doing some things on the sourdough starters as well, mm -hmm. as well as like kombucha. 
Yes. So all that fun stuff is coming out. But I would say if you're a beginner or you're wanting to start preserving foods, you know, at the late, uh, at the least, you could look at that website mm -hmm. and just kind of do your own research. But, you know, your facts agents, that's why they're here. And that's why we're in our offices um, ready to serve you, regardless of it. you email us or give us a phone call. But, you know, right. we've had multiple, I know in my county, people call like, help, I'm in the middle of canning yeah. this. Like, <laughs> did I do this great? You know, and right. that's why we're here. So, yeah. Regardless of what you're canning, using our resources, making sure that you are preserving it the correct way so that nobody's getting sick. Right. Um, I think there are some more resources we can um mm -hmm. do. I know that all extension land grant universities are all going to be evidence based. Yes. They're gonna be so whether you're at Clemson University Extension or University um, of Tennessee. Tennessee, Utah, you know, all of those to have yeah. that land grant um they're they're a good resource to use to get this information um and then also just joining some of our face-to-face -face classes if you're interested so that you can get that hands-on experience right. mm -hmm. nothing better than a hands-on experience i'll tell you nothing that better than that and then you also gain the camaraderie from the group because a lot of people share a lot of their experiences with food preservation in the classes so not only is it a workshop but it's also like a team building workshop with some of your peers that are getting more into food preservation right um so. and then of course we've mentioned the national center uh, for home food preservation we have the ball blue book um that's another resource by the um by the ball company that produces the mason jars mm -hmm. Um, there's some pectin services, um, like the Serto brand we have that, um, and there's some others that are out there that have been in the food preservation game for a long time. So, um, if you, you know, use a certain product, like if it is the Serto liquid pectin or something like that, they have recipes that come inside of those, um, pectin containers. So, um, those I know have been, you know, tested. So right. there's all of these different resources out there for you. Yes. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our episode on food preservation or what we like to say a retro, retro hobby for the hobby. times. Yes. Um, so please feel free to reach out to me or Angelica if you ever have any personal questions about preserving food or anything, really, for that matter. If not, we will be back on for our next episode, which we, it'll be a surprise. We're not going to tell you until closer to time. Oh, these are going to be surprises. <laughs> so um, we want to thank you for joining us. Don't forget to uh, follow us on our Facebook and our Instagram just to keep up with all of our fun podcast things. We do giveaways and all that fun stuff. And then also, if you subscribe to us on your favorite listening channel then you'll get an update every time we come out with a new episode so do those things for us share it with your family especially if you have your canners people out there that are canning yeah. maybe send the episode on over so they can learn something with us right and i tell people it's, it's only three set steps like share subscribe <laughs> <laughs> that's simple yeah. all right we will see you guys on our next episode thank y'all so much Bye bye